0: Hello again, everyone. Welcome to the Rome Floyd Chamber Small Business Spotlight. This is Rome Business Radio. We are broadcasting from the Hardy Realty Studios on Broad Street in downtown Rome, Georgia. And we work in cooperation with the Rome News Tribune. I am Roger Manus with Rome Business Radio.
1: I'm Carly Parker with the Rome Floyd Chamber. This morning on our podcast, we have some special guests, Jenny Cook with Chieftain's Museum and Major Ridge Home. Okay, yes, just okay. wanted to uh, double check. John Cowman with Wings Over North Georgia, Julie McCluskey and Drew Davidson with Rome Shakespeare
0: Festival. Hello, everybody. Hello. Hello. How are we doing? A round of applause from our. <laughs> We got, enough, we got enough guests where we kind of got our own studio audience here just around the table. Well, thanks so much for being here. So uh, I know a couple of the organizations have some things coming up pretty quickly here in town. So let's just kind of go around the room and let everybody do a minute or two of their um, of their organizations. And I guess, Julie, we'll start with you at the Rome Shakespeare Festival. Tell us what you guys are all about and what's coming up.
2: All right. So we are um, a small nonprofit theater company here in Rome, and our next thing coming up is called Romeo and Juliet and Zombies. It's our Halloween production going up uh, October 27th through the 31st, and we are performing it outside at the Labyrinth this year, so we're very excited. Yeah, and I'll let Drew give you a little bit of a um, quick synopsis of what the play is about.
3: Um, So if you you remember, spoiler alert, Romeo and Juliet, they... Don't make it in the end. So it's <laughs> what? So uh, it's six hundred years old. You should know. Uh, but uh, uh, due to some, uh, that's like your age, right, Roger? <laughs> oh, oh my God! Oh. He oh, always jokes fun of me with my age, so when I can I will. Well,
0: I, I do remember Montagues and Capulets. Uh huh. Yes. And Juliet was a Capulet because they both ended in et, and that's just something I remember from ah, from yeah, high school yeah. way back. <laughs> exactly. That's how,
3: that's. So I'm going to take that and give it to my students, so they can rem- <laughs> that's how they can remember. So in the tomb, the, the our play actually takes place right at five too when they're in the tomb as Paris is coming down and uh, let's just say uh, Romeo and Juliet might not stay dead and so uh, the apothecary and some other characters might uh, have some special magic that winds up bringing them back to life and so uh, a friend of a friend wrote it in New York um, and it premiered this is going to be a regional premiere for the play it premiered in 2019 so this is the first time it's been done I think this this far south this far south. And I don't want to give anything uh, too much away, but um, uh, there are two characters called the searchers in the original who prevent the note from Friar John getting inside the city. And the playwright took these searchers, and uh, instead of a plague just being the black plague preventing the uh, the Friar John from coming in, it winds up being a zombie plague or outbreak that keeps the note. So it's, it's dramaturgically... It's not like Pride and Prejudice and Zombies where they just drop zombies and Jane Austen (laughs) it actually makes sense in the sort of in the world that Shakespeare created so it's gonna be really it's it's like a campy fun it's gonna be a it's gonna be a great time you know so yeah Uh,
0: campy fun
3: but you know suicide of lovers and (laughs) as
0: as much campy fun you can have in a suicide uh, zombie story you know (laughs) Uh, okay Uh, I'm interested to learn more Um, okay Jenny at Chieftain's Museum tell us a little bit about you guys
4: Yeah, thanks. So Chieftain's Museum Major Ridge Home is located here in Rome on Riverside Parkway. So a lot of uh, folks, when we tell them about it, they say, that's what that white house is on Riverside Parkway. (laughs) Um, But the house was the home of Major Ridge, who was a a prominent Cherokee leader in the area. Um, He had a a 200-acre farm, very successful, a trading post run by George Lavender, by the way. Um, and a ferry service, which is where we get the name Ridge Ferry um, from from his service. And so his home still stands. It is the White uh, Farmhouse. Uh, so as an organization, Friends of Chieftains is our organization. Uh, we work, number one, to preserve the house, which is a full-time job when you're over 200 years old, but also to tell the story of the Ridge family, Um, He was one of the signers of the the Treaty of New Echota with the U.S. government, which ultimately led to the removal of the Cherokee. Um, So it's an important place, not only in terms of historic preservation, because it's pretty miraculous that the house is still here, but also just the the story of the family. And we just like to keep their story alive. And I just think it's an important history lesson, both for, for Rome history and Um, national Native American history.
0: Well, yeah, we uh, obviously locally, pretty much anybody who grew up here knows about it, obviously. Mm -hmm. But, you know, being a podcast, we can be heard anywhere in the world. So it is an important part. It's National Historic Registry, right? Right. And uh, and isn't the home just over a couple of hundred years old now? It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Yeah.
4: In 2019, we celebrated 200 years that the Ridge family came to the property. And in fact, before that, there was already a log cabin on the property. We don't know how old that was. Um, and then the Ridge family came in and, and built the farmhouse that you see today. So
0: Right. Um, okay. Well, certainly we're going to learn some more as we go along here. Let's say hello to John Cowman, who said he got a promotion from John Cowboy. Hi, John. How are you? Hey, good morning, everybody. <laughs> how are you doing? We're busy, I'll tell you. Yeah. Uh, Wings over North. Tell us about yeah. Wings over North Georgia. Well, it's next weekend, October
5: 15th and 16th. And, of course, we spent about two weeks of just really like a beehive out there putting it all together. Uh, we've already got a couple of. Planes on the ground that, you know, already arrived and we just kind of got them hid. But uh, we're doing that. We're setting up the camping area. We're just, you know, a little bit of this and a little bit of that, uh, trying to do the marketing thing. And uh, But the, the big thing we've got going on this year that uh, we're introducing is the debut of the Airshow Racing Series. It's a project that we've been working on as a company for about five years now. Uh, we got certified in uh, September uh of uh, 2019, and then I think we had this thing called COVID hit <laughs> the following spring. I, I, I read which, about that; it was
0: in the papers. Yeah, <laughs> and
5: so we we did get certified as a company to produce an air show racing thing, uh which is uh, is hard to get, and the FAA certifies us. So we got that, and uh, COVID hit, kind of set us back on our heels for about two years. You know, kind of dormancy with that. So we brought it back out of and shook it, shook the dust off of it, and started putting it together earlier this year. And we made a decision to tie it into the air show this year. So we pretty exciting yesterday because the pylons, uh, that forty feet high pylons, arrived yesterday. Inflatables, and we went out there and tested one of them and make sure that we knew how they worked. So we'll have those. That'll be pretty interesting to see the, the uh, airplanes, you know, race side by side. Uh, first time ever been done. Uh, it's a, it's, it's a brand new deal. It's kind of like drag racing in the sky. Wow. Oh. And they'll be side <laughs> by side, uh, three, three laps th- through the course. And then at the last lap, then they'll, uh, just determine who the winner is. And then, of course, we've got all the other aerobatics and. Uh, a 10 jet team and an, uh, another civilian jet team will be there so we got a full slate for this year's show okay well it's like, also
1: y'all's <laughs> 10 year anniversary right? oh
5: it is yeah i forgot and the air force's 75th anniversary <laughs> so yeah, we got those two milestones to uh i guess add to the uh, discussion
0: points well happy anniversary thank you uh, okay what size aircraft are racing um
5: if you've watched the red bull air racing uh in the past and okay. it's now defunct it's gone away it is those type of aircraft so we've got two classes we've got one class is a slower class and we call it super stock uh, if you want to call 165 miles an hour slow uh, and then the other the other classes the extreme class and those are the what we call the fast movers and they'll go through the course somewhere between 200 and 220 miles an hour it takes them about a minute a little less than a minute to go through it and the other guys takes about a minute and 20 seconds so it's, it's going to be pretty exciting how do you have a course in the sky yeah uh our sky is real low when we're doing this it's about uh 50 feet off the ground going through the pylons oh wow so and
1: And it's it's both days right oh
5: yeah everything's and and here's which i shouldn't advertise this but next week we run the pilot racing school so we'll actually start you know we have to train the pilots and issue them racing license and all that stuff so it's not like they got to learn to be a pilot. They just got to learn to to race our course. So we have to certify that as well next week, and then it rolls right into the Friday rehearsal, which you're familiar with, and then right into the show on Saturday and Sunday. So we we got a lot going
0: on. <laughs>
2: well, it's,
0: it's, and it's just a great time of year in Rome. It's
5: beautiful, great, yeah. great
0: weather, but there's so much going on, um, like like a twist on on Shakespeare. Yes. Um, what do you think William Shakespeare would think of adding zombies to his play?
2: I think he would love it. To be <laughs> honest, uh, you know, he was all about throwing random things into his his plays. So
3: I think he'd probably be like, "I can't believe you guys are still doing my plays."
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: years like find another playwright, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and also, you let people do this in schools. You know, I think he would be like, "What's going on?" So How, oh, I was go, gonna. Sorry, sorry. What, go ahead.
1: Okay, <laughs> you told me I could keep cutting you off, so <laughs> how in. long uh, does it take you guys to like get prepared for the show?
3: Um, well, uh, the last show we did was two weeks of rehearsal to Tech, so that's eight rehearsals and then four dress rehearsals, and then we opened, so 12 days. Oh, wow, and so, then yeah, we moved pretty
2: fast. Yeah.
3: So, you know, a professional theater run ramp is usually like um, two weeks to tech. And so this one will be a little bit longer. It's uh, three weeks to tech. So we'll have maybe 12 rehearsals, and then we'll have a couple of techs, so maybe 16 days. And then we go up, and then, you know,
1: And these are all just volunteers that, like, love being part of y'all's organization?
2: no, we we actually pay all of our actors a stipend, so all of our actors and our crew all get a small stipend. Um, so that makes us a, I guess we could call it a semi semi professional theater. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so we we believe very strongly that our artists should should get at least paid a little yeah, bit of something because what they do is is very hard work. And so yeah, we're very proud that they do. They get a little bit of money.
3: Yeah, and and they're all local regional actors. Mm-hmm. You know, as as so like. Uh, a lot of people are like the guy that's playing Fry Lawrence is also the beast in Rome little theaters Beauty and the Beast, so you know so we're using the local talent and and we, we we're we we do not need to, a lot of regional theaters wind up pulling from New York or chicago or l a but i don't I'm not interested in that I'm interested in casting local people um we have enough talent in Rome that we can you know afford to have some professional artists here yeah
0: well, and why um like how often do you do a production is it yearly or
2: so we it started out in 2016 with just the Shakespeare Summer Shakespeare Festival out on the town green. Right. And then in 2018, into 2018, I believe Gail who founded it, Gail Deschamps, um she wanted to add a full season. And at that time I believe she did three productions during the year plus the festival. This year we have one a lot. We have a lot. 1 2 th- we have five five season productions plus the festival next year. So it just sort of depends on on what we feel we productions or plays, musicals that we want to do, timing, all of that sort of thing. So it kind of shifts year to year.
0: And why why sh- always, is it always Shakespeare? I know his name's attached, but do you actually do other playwrights or is uh, it always him?
3: So we, we do uh, our Shakespeare festivals, uh, the, the summer production is always Shakespeare, but the indoor season is uh, anything from contemporary comedy musicals to uh, serious drama. So we're doing a Sanders Family Christmas In December, which is a, which is the sequel to Smoke on the Mountain, and then Romeo and Juliet and Zombies, and then title of show is the musical, and then Proof is a very serious family drama. So it's, I feel like my head's like, (laughs) and I did Importance of Being Earnest up on the hills, I'm like, I feel like my, I've got all kinds of different genres, but just trying to, to have a, a big scope and expose the, the area to all kinds of different plays is – well, it's more fun, too, also to, to get to direct a bunch of different things instead of just Shakespeare. You know. So as a nonprofit, you sell tickets, you
0: have volunteers, you need donations. How do, how do, how do you make your – how do you make it go?
2: Uh, we all, all of those things, <laughs> plus more. Yes. Yeah, so we, donations, obviously we're non so it's all uh, tax deductible. We do a Christmas Cabaret fundraiser, which we're doing December 9th at the upstairs of the History Museum this year. So we're very excited about that. We uh, Our president-elect for our board is Indra Thomas. The um, very famous opera, yes, shaking your head, yes. She uh, graduated from Shorter, she taught at Shorter, she teaches at Berry now. Her famous role was Aida, she's traveled the world doing opera, and she's our president-elect for the board, and she is heading up a performance, a Christmas cabaret in December, so that's uh, a big fundraiser for us. And then donations, big time, ad sales in our programs, anyway, grants. grants, yes, we do. We applied, we actually have an application out for a, a grant right now, so we, all sorts of ways that we want to get money. Right. So if you're listening and you would like to give us money.
3: <laughs> but the most important thing is we, you know, we a lot of theater companies wind up paying the top, the head of the company first. And we're like supporting the actors first because they're always the last people to get paid so me and julie decided when we took over this year we're like we're not going to take any money until we for sure have enough money to pay the actors so the actors get paid first and then at some point we'll make enough money where maybe we can make some money too (laughs) but right now it is just like supporting the artists it's important i, I think that this is an experiment to sort of flip the head of the way that most of the theater industry at large is situated where you've got super top heavy artistic directors making six figures right. and then actors making 200 bucks a week and it's just it's really it, it offends me actually so you know so
2: it's, you're again, gonna get him started on a yeah. rant this oh, early morning, morning. Yeah.
3: well we got you a chair let me get you a yeah. soapbox where's my where's my soapbox and i believe you know, <laughs>
0: Uh, well, it's, I do like having nonprofits on from time to time because, you know, helping to get the word out, like Chieftain's Museum, Major Ridge Home, Absolutely. y'all are in a fundraising need constantly as well. So so what do you guys need and how do you do it as well?
4: Absolutely. So we are a, a private entity, which is actually really rare. We're certified by the National Park Service as a location on the, the Trail of Tears Uh, And there are very few of those that are are private entities. Uh, So, yes, membership. We love our museum members. We're about to enter our 2023 membership campaign. So keep an eye out. Social media website for that. Of course, anyone can join anytime. That includes free admission to the museum anytime. And you get a discount in our bookstore gift shop, which is (laughs) a nice little perk. Uh, Donations, of course, uh, like you guys, are, are very important. Um admissions. come visit us we love folks to come see the house tour the museum right now we're open monday wednesday friday and saturday uh, we have loads of field trips i actually went to chieftain's museum as a fourth grader for me central and loved it so we have lots of kids that come through and we love to help grow their love of history and historic preservation so that's a lot of fun we do special events as well actually last weekend we had our um Something new we tried, kind of a, a, an evening at the museum, we called it. Um, night at the museum for, uh, for grown-ups, we, we called it. And we had some actors in the museum playing historic figures. It was a lot of fun, just um, sharing information. Um, coming up, uh, November the 4th, we have a program. The Southern Paranormal Investigators have spent some time in our house. And I'm not going to give too much away, but they're going to share their findings. Oh, it's
0: Halloween season, it obviously. Is, it is, was- November the 4th, so...
4: Keep an eye out. Uh, tickets will go on sale soon for that. Um, and then in the future, uh, one of our we have a big Mardi Gras ball party. That's a lot of fun. That'll be February eighteenth of, of next year.
0: Do you find that you get a lot of visitors from out of town? That or or as, we do. Okay, good.
4: We do. Of course, the kids are local with the field trips, and their teachers and chaperones. Uh, I was the majority of our visitors, though, just day to day, are from out of town and from overseas. We get a lot of travelers who are interested in in Southern history and Native American
0: history. Oh, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. And, of course, Rome has, you know, events, you know, the Rome Braves or tennis tournaments and brings people from out of town. I'm just wondering if that's on their, you know, like the clock tower and, you know, if that's on their go-see list. Um, I think so, yes. Um, Do you
1: work with uh, the Rome georgia's rome tourism we do yes mm-hmm. so they help you guys right to try we to get do. more people we sort of impressed. advertise
4: each other and the rome area history center as well they're they're great partners
0: all right well let, let's segue me to john here john the last thing you want to do is be a non on your wings <laughs> you want to make some money right we try every year <laughs> it's a tough business yeah so do you do other
5: uh, uh we have that capability uh we and we have in the past right now i've kind of brought it back down so we could focus on this air racing. Cause once we get it and find out how the crowd is going to react to it, then we hope to put that on the road, uh, literally going to different shows around the country um, in you know, putting the uh, air racing into their event.
0: And w- what kind of a uh, crowd do you normally get? Or are you hopeful well, for? <laughs> Obviously our best crowd is a blue angel year. Our
5: second best crowd would be like a Thunderbird year. And then this is, I don't even want to call it an off year because it's all totally different. So, you know, it, it varies. And this year will will not be a uh, Blue Angel year. I'll just put it that way. Right. But you but this racing introduction, I mean, yeah. that's... Yeah, we're totally focused on marketing that, which is, you know, the only other air racing in the United States is Reno. That's one time a year. And that's, you know, so this is the first time anything's ever been offered, if you want to call it, on the East Coast. But we've been able to infuse it right into an air show. Uh, so you don't have to sit there... And watch planes go by, and then they have to fly seven miles away from you. And then they come back by again. Uh, You know that's the, the Reno style air racing. Ours is in your face. I mean, it's literally uh, the whole course is five thousand feet long, Um and so it's less than a mile. Yes, and it's it's fits right, inside. Right? A, right, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> doing my math right. <laughs> wow. Yeah,
5: you're, you're right. So, you know, one of the things uh, I do want to make sure I. The last two years, we've done what they call a drive-in air show, and very successful. Uh, we did that, and you know, kind of lucked into surviving the last two shows where most of the country didn't even have a show due to COVID. But this year, we've kind of uh, turned it into a super hybrid, if you want to call it that. Keeping the drive-in because people love it; they drive in, park the car, set like a up a big hotel. tailgating party. Uh, uh, yeah, and people, I'm telling you, it's still the number one seller for us. So we're not going to do away with that. But we've uh, brought back uh, the Patio Club, which is, you know, a round table with, uh, with with an umbrella and six chairs. You know, people love that environment. Uh, in fact, that's sold out on Saturday, and Sunday's got a few tables left. And we've brought back the box seating where, you know, you've got your own chair, and it's reserved in a little private area. But all of these areas are right on the show line, you know, and right at show center, so they're the great viewing. But we brought back the general mission. You buy a ticket and come in and bring your uh, your folding chair or your blanket and Make yourself comfortable and have a good time. Um, but we're bringing also back the static display aircraft, the airplanes for people to go and look at and take pictures of, talk to the crew. So, two of the the big boys that we we have this year, we have a, a big C seventeen. And he'll be back on the ground. And then, of course, we got the C-130s from Dobbins. There will be one on the ground for people to go and uh, look at. And then they'll also be doing airdrop demonstrations uh, at the airfield. Uh, so everybody, there's a little bit for everybody this year, including premium camping if anybody wants to camp. We got a few camping spots still left uh, for those folks that want to, you know. i would just make a whole weekend of it. Oh, yeah. 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 And there's people love doing that. What What is your background? I'm retired Air Force, spent 37 years in the Air Force. Flying, flying C-130s. Now I was not a pilot; I was a crew dog, but you know, it's that's what I did, and uh, I just kind of parlayed this into this because I was always kind of halfway good at big events, in in deployments, in air shows in the military. So kind of halfway it just, good. <laughs> yeah, it just it just kind of came natural to me. It, you know, doing all those moving parts never scared me, so I, I just seemed to have a knack for that. Where the next guy's got a really good knack to fly an airplane. Yeah. So Well, thank you for your
0: service. Thank you. Where are you from originally?
5: Uh, My hometown is Brunswick down on the coast, Brunswick, Georgia. That's where I grew up, went to high school, graduated, and left and played Air Force for the next
0: hundred years, it feels like. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Where are you guys from?
2: Uh, I sort of all over I was born in Oklahoma then my family moved to Florida then we moved to Chattanooga my family lives in Cleveland now but then I spent some time in Lexington Kentucky as we talked about earlier <sighs> right. um, and then we moved here so d- 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 I, I usually tell people Tennessee because it's easier
0: What what brought you here
2: my husband's job—he took a job up at Shorter University, which is also where Drew works. He's also a theater professor at Shorter University. All
3: right, so Drew, are you from here originally? I'm uh, from the other side of the foothills in Mount Vernon, Kentucky. So it's like an hour south of Lexington, an hour and a half north of Knoxville. And uh, and I was a uh, theater professor at UK, and then this job opened up, and you know, forty different students a class versus actually forty students in the department. So I actually get to know—I <laughs> actually get to know my students, which is the point, And then this um, theater company had an opening. And so I was like, okay,
0: well, I get to do, you know, so, so, so I, I, has theater
3: always been a passion? That's just kind of your thing. Uh, actually I started out as a biology major <laughs> and, uh, I, I always, sometimes I'm driving home from work and I'm like, ah, I could have been worse. Could have been a rich doctor. But, uh, but, uh, I, I, I was in organic chemistry my sophomore year and I auditioned for little shop of horrors and I got Seymour. And so I was playing Seymour and in organic chemistry. And then I was like, <laughs> This is way easier, more fun. And then, uh, it's, so I, you know, I wound up, uh, dropping my science major and then my parents, um, took a while to, uh, readjust to my new career choice. So, so some people grew up doing theater since they were a kid. I'm, like I said, I'm from a little tiny town, 3,000 people. I didn't even know what a monologue was. So like, I didn't even know you could major in it. I didn't know it was an option, and so I'm like a perfect example of like, of, of like education can literally take you from knowing nothing to being like a, a, an expert in it. So it's so I knew I didn't know I didn't. Yeah. And how did you get involved with the local organization? And has theater
0: been a thing for you?
2: At theater. I was got. I got into it my senior year of high school. I'd planned to be a piano performance major, and then I realized I didn't want to spend hours alone in a practice room by myself, and I got into theater my senior year of high school and switched, was a theater major in in college, took a little bit of a break from it after I graduated, and then got into Shakespeare in Lexington. They have an outdoor Shakespeare festival there, and that's kind of where I fell in love. I had never done Shakespeare, actually, before that. I'd just done, you know, modern, more modern plays, but, and then I moved here, met Gail Deschamps, who founded Rome Shakespeare Festival, got involved with her, and then one thing led to another and now I'm executive director for it. So it was it's kind of been a bit of a whirlwind, but it has all worked out really well. We talked a little bit before, but Drew and I crossed we never directly crossed paths and we both lived in Lexington, but we knew a lot of the same people. Uh and we found out that our passions were very similar and so when these when these two positions opened up at Rome Shakespeare Festival, we thought it was the perfect fit for both of us to kind of take this organization to a new a new era for for professional theaters and, and what that looks like and how do we figure out how to get more people in the community involved. We don't want to just be for the downtown. We want to be for the whole for the whole community and outside of Rome. So we're working to figure out how we bring theater to the community rather than the community coming to us. So it, it, there's lots of fun, good changes happening at Rome Shakespeare Festival, and, and we're excited to be, be a part of it.
0: Well, one of the things that's interesting about hosting this podcast is uh, – as Rome has grown over the years, you know, a lot of a lot of people born and raised. Jenny, born and raised. You went to East Central, you said. I did. Well, I went to West End, and so we used to beat y'all in Pee Wee football. But I don't oh, know. Right. It. <laughs> I'm just I'm teasing. Uh, i, I like Ar- teasing. I also went to not teasing. I went to our Merchie. briefly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> went to went to our Merchie briefly as well. But also, so many people have come in from out of town and. Just kind of, I fall in love with the town, or yeah,
2: know. that's exactly what happened when when I moved here from Lexington. I was a little paranoid because I thought, oh, it's a small town in the in the South and in Georgia, in Georgia, and but then I got here and I got involved with the community and in the theater, and I realized that it is it's it's a unique little gem of a city that that sits here in, in Northwest Georgia, and and I've loved being here, and I, and I really really have enjoyed getting to know the people here that that are from here and, and have grown up here and they've been very welcoming and so it's a great place yeah um, <laughs>
0: yeah uh, the way you said Georgia
2: <laughs> well, listen <laughs> I said, thought Lexington was hot in the summer but man oh so, man is
1: Georgia hot
0: So you came from Kentucky <laughs> you're just offended
1: that she's not a Georgia bulldog <laughs>
0: Well, not everybody can be. <laughs> uh, okay, well, let's uh, let's kind of go around the room here and get some final thoughts and contact information for how people can connect with you, do business with you, follow you on social, whatever. Um, Jenny, I guess we'll start with you uh, yeah. at the uh, Chieftain's Museum Major Ridge Home.
4: Probably the best way to keep up with us is our Facebook page and our website, chieftainsmuseum.org.
0: Okay. And John, uh, with wings over in North Georgia? Yep, um,
5: WingsOverNorthGeorgia.com dot com is the official website. So, all the info and tickets availability, all of that is there. Yep. And then we got our Facebook page, which we're constantly bombarding with uh, information. So it's kind of cool if you want to go see who's performing and you know some of the backstories and things like that. So look forward to hosting everybody uh, next weekend here in Rome.
0: What, hey, what do you what do you do if there's bad weather there's not going to
5: be <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't
1: speak into the yeah, yeah,
5: yeah me and the uh, old man upstairs we kind of kind of deal worked out this is <laughs> this is our severe clear year so.
2: you just yeah. put in a good word for us as well oh, for the okay. interview thank you uh, i have to that. work
5: it's hard enough to get some <laughs> hours. Well, you know last year we had some weather issues with the blues but uh you know we got all the shows in but this year, right now, the,
0: looking at the long-range forecast, which is not as long as it was, it looks
5: pretty good next week.
0: Good. Okay. Um, lastly, Rome Shakespeare. You know, it just dawned on me when we, oh. when we were growing up, William Shakespeare was this revered yes. William Shakespeare. Shakespeare, so when, you have to say it that way. When, when he was like eight years old, he was just Billy Shakespeare. Shakes. Little, <laughs> Billy yeah, B- Little Billy, Billy. Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> Little Billy. Bill Shakespeare. <laughs> so anyway, uh, how can people help support y'all and connect with y'all and all well, that?
2: As both the other groups have mentioned, Facebook, we, we do so many announcements and uh, videos, all sorts of stuff on our Facebook. It's just Rome Shakespeare Festival. Our Instagram also we use very regularly, which is at Rome Shakespeare. We have a TikTok. We have a YouTube video that we're slowly trying to, uh, which... Um, Carly, we talked about earlier, Carly does the TikTok. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, you can also email us at info at com. Our website is romeshakespearefestival.com. So most of, most of uh, the way that we keep people informed of what we're doing is, is social media. Social media and our website. So make sure that you follow us, give us a like, keep up with all that we're doing.
0: And the most pressing thing is Romeo and Juliet and Zombies
2: coming up. Yes, and you can find tickets. There's a link on our Facebook, on our Instagram, and our website. October October 27th through the 31st at the Labyrinth. All shows will be at 8 p.m., so it's going to start at dark.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Romeo and Juliet and Zombies. I (laughs) better see you there now that we've
2: talked about it. Well,
0: I did used to watch The Walking Dead. Um, Also,
2: fun fact, uh, I I actually uh, am in this production. I'm one of the searchers, so you'll get to see me maybe murder some zombies.
0: <laughs> oh, so you oh, you won't be a zombie. No, so. no, no, I
2: I am a zombie killer.
0: <laughs> wow, I don't remember that from my my 8th grade English lit class. But how much more
2: fun would it have been it if there does. had been a zombie killer in
0: it? tell your AP English, teacher. What would you say? Oh yeah, don't tell your AP English teacher about <laughs> this version, might not. Um, okay. Um Carly, any final thoughts from the chamber?
1: Yes. So I just wanted to mention our business expo is coming up on November 3rd. It's going to be awesome. We have a few booths left open if anyone wants to come join us and have a great time. It's from 12 p.m. to 4, and it's just a great way to kind of expose y'all's business, nonprofits, nonprofits. Get your product out there. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and then obviously always be checking the chamber calendar for some of these great events that are going on in the community. It's a great way to stay in touch. What's going on with the chamber and outside of the chamber? Um, we love trying to support our members as much as we can. We have a business before hours next week and a business after hours from two nonprofits. So everyone should come out and support them as much as they can. Um, and then if our members ever need anything, please feel free to contact the Chamber. I'm always there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, she's always there. Did you catch that? <laughs> when, she, when she's not hosting her own podcast.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, so my, thank you for coming to my TED Talk. It's actually not with Roger. It's just with me.
0: <laughs> uh, well, thanks, everybody. This is great. So we've got, we got great events coming up. Wings Over North Georgia, Shakespeare. Chieftain's Museum, Major Ridge Home is there all the time. Um, And it's just so we got a little bit of history, a little bit of fun, a little, yeah, this is awesome. Thank you so much for being here. This is great. You've been listening to the Rome Floyd Chamber Small Business Spotlight here on Rome Business Radio. We broadcast from the Hardy Realty Studios on Broad Street in downtown Rome. And we work in cooperation with the Rome News Tribune. Thank you so much for listening.